and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of a salt and pepper bollock. How are you? <laughs> I'm really great. <laughs> are you going to elaborate on that one or are there we just going to leave that one hanging in the ether? There's some things you just don't need explaining. Like that time you stood on top of that JCB and, you know, took your shirt off and started, like, pissing oh, at I everyone. See. You know, th- I like, see. there's no reason to explain some of this stuff. We do what we do because we do it. How you yeah, been? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm a bit, I'm, I'm a bit more upset you didn't respond more well to my hanging little like joke in there. Mm, yeah, but they'll yeah, very good. That's yeah. it. The, pro- the pro- jokes the pro- are always funnier when you have to explain them. But though, the, but the problem, are, but I I think there's a user problem there, mate, because you find that you have to explain a lot of your jokes, meaning the base uh, layer of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not always there. Plus, yeah, it's, whereas it's, you don't have that problem because you're the best, right? Well, plus on also, you know, it's the, it's the old the old folks home joke. You know, a guy goes to an old folks home and uh, he hears one of the old ladies in the corner just going forty two, and the whole house shouts laughter. <laughs> oh. Then she goes, 64, <laughs> and the whole house erupts, and all the old folks are loving it. And he says, why Why is she just reading numbers? She goes, oh, well, they all know the names of the jokes. They all know it. So she just has, she doesn't have to say the joke. She just says the oh, numbers. <laughs> and, and she goes, but why do they laugh? She goes, well, it's the way she delivers them. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that's... that's a, oh, yeah, it, was, it was an old person that told me that joke, actually, as well. It is a good ironically. joke. Ironically. Yeah, it's a good joke. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. I'm Good. bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You coming down from a cold turkey, are you? You've been on the on the mess all week, haven't you? Absolutely. Just been... hard stuff. I have to peel myself from the corner of the room. It's just <laughs> too much skag over the, the last... The, spin, <laughs> the, the spinning <laughs> stopped, has days. it? Excellent. Fantastic. Well, you found all your stuff as well, haven't you? Because you, you oh, lost yeah, all your yeah. stuff in the alleyway. That was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah man, man, that's mental. And uh, and what what you been up to? You've been still um, you've been still uh, teaching because I know you've been uh, oh, teaching the world. Well, I mean, I can't remember what I've been up to because, as you said, I've just been high the whole bloody time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Have you been teaching folk that that finger trick you saw? You know the one that looks like you've cut it off, but you know. Do, 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 do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I'll do it. <laughs> Squirting the ketchup. Can, can you actually do oh, it? Wait. I can't do that. Wait, hang on. Thank thank God this is a media platform where there's no like video. Uh, aud- it's just an audio platform. There we go. Uh, he's, he's doing it bloody well everyone uh, do you know what i can vouch for him he's doing thank it you. well thank you yeah we have a packed show this week don't we mate we've got we news do. coming out the wazoo now um a, a small peek behind the curtain i think we've already done the news but we've already done the moving forward so look at him he's looking yeah. at me like you've do already you told them this no no no, no we've, we've one we've already done it two it lasted about it, it lasted longer than I wanted it to. Yeah. And three, I woke up this morning with two p- new pieces of news that I want to put in it. What What in two retrospect. pieces of news? Well, why don't you do it now? You've got why a quick do it hot now? second. Right. This is pre-news before I know, the pre-news. 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 Pre-Star pre- Wars news, mate. Pre-Pre-Pre-Pre-Star pre, 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 pre. pre Wars news. Okay. So, number number one. Apparently, the one of the new series... The one about the commandos of the New Republic, or whatever, or whoever is bloody called. The one you've that done, you've thank God you've done your your research though. The, the, it's, it's a it's long all, title, it's mate. It's a long title. No, I know what you're talking. I, I do. I do know what you're talking about because she's been cancelled. Sh- and well, she's been cancelled, but after she got cancelled, they were still going to be like, well, Bo-Katan. you know, that that, that show's going to still exist and it's going to have a different central lead. Yep. And people were thinking Bo-Katan, yep. and then other people were thinking the Timothy Oliphant character. Yeah, and also Hera Syndulla, which is an animated character from Rebels, which I know you care a lot about. Obviously, everyone was thinking about her. But she's an awesome character. That would have mm-hmm. been cool. But it's been shelved. It's The no whole lo- thing? Has it actually it, been shelved? Is yep, it? Oh. it's no longer in active development. 
which was very, very oh, interesting. What does that mean then? It was definitely going to be Gina Car- Carano, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you know. It, yeah, it was always it was always going to go that way, and they were just like, "Nah, we're we're not going to admit defeat just yet." But you know, <laughs> and, and a couple of months down the road, and here we are. It's been shelved, not cancelled, but no. shelved, and not in active development, which means no one's working on it no. at all. Well, the writing so, was on the wall, wasn't it? And yeah, what's the other of. piece? Of, what's the other piece of news? The other, the, other pe- the other piece of Star Wars news is that Dave Filoni. Oh, has, I have seen this as well. Has yes. been appointed the executive producer of ex- Lucas, executive creative producer of Lucasfilm. Oh wow, which is a huge, huge job. Yeah, that is very, very big. And in the in in the sort of press release of it, it says um, he'll be like he, he's basically Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. of star wars yeah now. yeah that's what it, it says in his role uh, but yeah. basically you're going to be kevin feige but you know what it's a role that basic that kevin feige basically made for created himself yeah. and made made for himself but it's it's essentially a role that is creative director of not just one tv show or movie but of the whole thing that makes it interconnect and we, they obviously want their disney's star wars landscape to offer to um operate quite a bit like marvel well you you say you say that it was uh, a role that he basically created for himself but we are talking about lucas film george lucas film yes. like do you know what i mean so yeah there, there was the, i think there was the original he, like he was that's, the original yeah, <laughs> so yeah that's very weird. fair it's very fair well of course we are not a fair podcast alex there is nothing no. fair about this yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not fair we're certainly no. not a democracy no we are not exactly <laughs> Uh, we are, of course, a music and movies podcast, and each week we will talk to you about some of the most awesome animated feature films that I've seen in a long time. And, Isn't and it to- though? And totally unique, totally novel. This week, we're I'm really excited to talk about this one. And um, we're talking about the Mitchells versus the Machines, which was the new one that was dropped onto uh, Netflix. It's a Sony animated movie going straight to Netflix. That's the first time that's happened. Yeah, and. You know, I know we could be talking about Army of the Dead. Alex was too scared to watch it. We could be talking about Spiral. Alex was too scared to watch it. Absolutely. We could be talking about Mitchell Machines, and I had to talk him into it. I, I really did have to talk Absolutely. him into this one because, Absolutely. you know, it's a little bit... A little bit creepy. You can get through this, though, can't you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, Livy, Liv Coleman voiced smartphones is like you know just sends shivers up my spine. Yeah, like, exactly. Fantastic. It, it's, it's mental. It's mental. No, I'm not. I'm not putting up with this. I, 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 I recommended this to you, my friend. Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. But, well, and I, I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad that we're doing it this week. I gave you a little bit of a heads up for the, for this movie the other night and mm-hmm. i want to know how like astute i was with what i said to you so so just, so ladies and gentlemen alex gave me a call before i watched it. i've watched it not too long ago and he said uh you know it's 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 a bit of a tearjerker if we i think your, your exact wording was if toy story 3 was a 10 out of 10 for tearjerker this was an 8 yeah um i I didn't quite feel the same way because I think the whole the tone of the movie, like I kind of knew what to expect going in. It didn't catch yeah. movies off guard. Also, I, th- I I was laughing far more at this movie. Like I genuinely found this movie very quite funny. Yeah, I laughed a lot um, as well. So I, I think 
and I think that genuinely lifted the tone of the movie. And I and I um I don't know maybe I felt I th- some of the messages were a little bit too on the nose because I, I had seen some trailers and stuff for this, and so it's if you've seen the trailer. It's kind of like that, but a better version, if that makes sense. Well, like this, that's, that's it, really it's... interesting because I thought I I felt the trailers to be very misleading because I f- felt that they were, well, not misleading, but it was he- leaning more heavily into the action adventure, unlikely hero mm. aspect of it. So basically, the setting and the plot yeah. of yeah. the movie, as opposed to thinking or touching on the tonal themes but but i think you could always you always knew that was coming didn't you i mean i don't know maybe i was always anticipate i think if i when i saw the trailer i saw oh, there's going to be a real family connection moment where they put the smartphones down for a second and they, they stop doing the tiktok dabbing and they actually get on with some bloody hugging um oh, yeah, I, I i kind of i i guess i kind of knew it was always coming but you're, you're right it was it, no it was very charming and uh yeah it, it was it was a very very lovely movie do we want to do we want to get into because I've got I've got yeah. facts going through chronologically and I've got some really interesting facts up top. Um, so the original title for it was was connected, but it was changed um, once it was purchased by Netflix. And then so, so I think it was originally titled Mitchell's versus the Machines. Then it was changed to Connected, but then it was then put back again by Netflix. So it's it's it's, oh. it's flipped around. So there is some versions of this, or there's some posters somewhere called Connected. I mean, I mean Mitchell's versus the Machine definitely leans into that kind of uh phil lord chris miller vibe yeah do you not, do you not think well, like they're, they, they just they just keep smashing it out of the park as far as these animated movies are concerned and i think it's i think as well it's you're right and, and it's almost that cloudy with a chance of meatballs style title yeah. do you know kind of like it just tells you it, it, it says up top what it is whereas um you know yeah and is... almost and almost like lets you know it's a little bit silly and i think maybe a lot of people would be forgiven for dismissing those movies because of uh, silly, silly titles and again action-packed trailers that actually look like it's all quite a bit of fluff. Because well, I know that's what I originally thought about Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I saw that as a title. I can't remember exactly when that movie came out, but I saw that as a title. I saw the I saw the trailer, and I just kind of thought. Oh, well, that one's just that 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 one's for the kids. That's yeah. like that. This this will have the like emotional depth and quality of Ice Age three, yeah. or some or something like that. I, I I was very very dismissive of it, but then I watched it, and obviously there's so there there is so much more to it, of having those deep messages, yeah. in a silly context. Yeah, and I feel like this movie Mitchell versus the Machines is a direct continuation of that idea. Yeah, I mean you the same th- with Lego Movie. Yeah, but, but I think more closely to the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is if you, if you really look at it, I think someone up top went, well, if we call it Mitchell versus Machines, you're getting this age bracket here. You know, you're kind of, you're five, you're five and upwards. That's probably, yeah. I, I mean, I don't have kids. Do you know, some people talk about, oh, I wouldn't, show, I, I, wouldn't show where, I wouldn't show my kids that, yeah, well, I don't know where they are. They, they can't find me, Alex. That's the guest right, thing about okay, them. <laughs> they, they, they're never going to find me, okay? I keep, I just have to keep changing address. You started a game of hide and seek no, no. two years ago. Yeah. No, and they've yet to find you. And they still haven't found me. No, exactly. And it's good because you don't have to pay for any of the shit that they do if, you, if they don't find you, you know, no, no, no. How expensive schools are in Ecuador? Anyway, so um, <laughs> basically, the the thing is, if you've got 
from about five to about, I don't know, like what, 12, you've got that capturing area of like Mitchell's versus machines. Whereas connected, maybe you're kind of going for that young team's kind of vibe, like that young You're going for that team. Pixar audience. Yeah, exactly. A little, well, maybe a little bit older with, with and I think this is more profitable because um, parents love nothing more than putting their kids in front of something for a couple of hours so they can, you know, go away and like sleep or, or do whatever parents do. I wouldn't know. Um, well, I guess doing what I do typically. Oh God, doing a podcast so they can get their podcast done. I um I also want to talk just about something else that made me laugh. Monchi the dog was originally going to be voiced by a professional voice actor, but in a surprising move, the part was given to internet celebrity Doug the Pug. <laughs> so all those noises come from. I don't know if you know Doug the Pug, but he's a he's a, he's. he's Are you serious? Pug. That that was actually like voice recorded from like another dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, and Sony Animation. I, I just thought the style was so unique. I mean, I, I I just thought it was genuinely like nothing I'd ever really seen before. Like I was trying to put my finger on it. You know that opening montage where she was trying to get into film school, and it was kind of it it was like it was like memes, and then memes overplayed with like quite. Um, I, I want to say 2D, 3D animation, if that makes sense. Like, it was yeah. really bulging out the screen. Like, almost... Uh, do, you know, do you know what I was reminded of at some point? Do you remember Ed, Ed and Eddie? Do you know how that had just such a yes. unique kind of, like, comical, like, almost overly bearing comical kind of vibe? Um, yeah. There was a little bit of Cartoon Network-y sort of, sort of cartoons, you know, like... Um, I don't know, like cat dog sort of sort of vibe as well. Like I, I felt that with a combination yes. of Pixar, and I, I just thought it was really, really novel and really well, that's unique. The, thing. And- the whole narrative was definitely in that very up to date, three D animated style. Like the story was told through that lens. It's basically as if you were filming a live action movie. Yeah. Except it's not live action. It's an, it it's animated, and. Mm. But then I really, really liked the. It's it's when they did freeze frames throughout the throughout the movie, and then all this two D artwork that kind of looked like backpack stickers or yeah. like high school colorful drawings sure. type things that just like basically any any time anyone did, and only two characters did the Phil Mitchell. Is it Phil? Uh, dad's name no because phil mitchell's from eastenders it's rick oh, yeah. mitchell. i did the same thing is it rick? i did, did I you wrote, say phil i've written phil a few different times re- in my in my notes okay the rick mitchell special phil you know mitchell with, with the, the, the rick mitchell special with the yeah. cut with the with the car jump and every time they do it, they do this freeze frame that's super colorful and then it says rick mitchell special yeah 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 yeah. it's yeah. great i love it so just want to talk very briefly about the composer so we, we obviously we have a lot of contemporary music and i've got a couple of inclusions where i think it was really used well but i thought the score was really awesome i thought it was really really appropriate for a large part and i picked out so many little tracks that i thought were really quite impactful tracks and it was mark mothersbaugh or mothersbaugh i can't pronounce it mothersbaugh um but mark so what's really interesting is i was watching this and I was listening to that kind of techno-y vibe throughout the epic techno. Do you know what I mean? Like the kind of like full orchestra with with the epic techno kind of vibe. And I'm thinking, I know where my favorite example of this was. And it was recently in in Thor Ragnarok at that opening, the opening Ragnarok title card. You know that epic kind of like slaying 80s guitar sequence? It's it's like a little, it's like a little lick, maybe like a couple of minute long track. 
it's him. He did that. So it's the guy who wrote that and ah, composed that who's done the whole score for this, which which I thought was really amazing. And he's also a musician. You know, he's done music for loads of different movies, um, TV shows. Like he's even done stuff like all the way back to like Jackass and things like this. Um, but he's connected to so many interesting uh, films. He's done Saturday Night Saturday Night Live music as well as. Um, uh, the the TV series Watchmen, you know the new series Watchmen, oh, yeah. and um, for All Mankind, I think he wrote some of the soundtrack for that. I've not seen that's the new Disney Plus one that I'm really quite keen to watch, which is the oh, alternate okay. history um, piece. So yeah, some really some really interesting stuff. Rushmore as well. Rushmore's a funny a movie. Of, and a lot of pies. A lot of a lot of pears. Um, and then we talked about other styles of music in this. So there are several YouTube viral song references, such as the Numa Numa song, which is sung yeah. by the father daughter separately oh, together. That's a good throwback. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, separately together, and then twice, and then yelling, monkey video is a reference. And then at, at, at 08, sort of 50, Kate shows about her getting into college, and it features the Nyan Cat theme, which uh, I, for, if you don't know that, do you know the Nyan Cat theme? I don't think I do. You will, you would recognize it. There's no, I, I genuinely, there's no point in me even imitating it it's such an <laughs> it's actually it's 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 um i had a friend at i had a friend at uni because it was like that was when i was in uni that was like one of the things that people just used to used to used to it's, it's fucking this is such a weird shit thing it's, it shows more the, the friends that i had with such nerds. right but basically it would be like you know there'd be there'd be sort of like some sort of someone would have a party or whatever and we used to try and dare each other to to like steal the, the iphone and put on the weirdest thing um on the weirdest music so typically it was like downloading an audiobook from audible or something like this or off youtube okay. and like while there's some like amazing music and someone's got yeah yeah i just found this band they're really new in their novel and they've only done one album they're from georgia and they're really interesting and stuff and everyone's trying to outdo each other you know you'd come right. along and you would just like that, that <laughs> sounds insufferable yeah oh no mate and so you'd only you'd have to counter it with things like nyan cat right. and then just sort of like excerpts from poetry and things like that and just and just really just this is a really deep poem. This one, this one's really meaningful and it's really interesting. Yeah. And then and then it would Play be some, their own game. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets or something. Get that audiobook on. Get that Absolutely. cranked up. Let's hear Absolutely. about fucking what Ron's been up to, the little bastard. <laughs> now I have to admit, when I was talking about the when they were talking about the kind of the dad and the daughter vibe. Yeah. Is it is it are we who do we relate to? Who did you relate to most at the start of the movie? Who, because I think it's quite clearly, it's like, I felt funneled, like, no, she, like the daughter, is it Kate? I don't know her name. Katie, Katie. yeah. Katie. I, I, you're kind of, the audience are kind of signposted towards her being the, the hero and she's the one that's supposed to, but I, I mean, I don't think I, I was very much more, um, I was, I was very more Phil Mitchell. <laughs> Well, excellent. We're Phil Phil Mitchell. I think the movie did an excellent job of sitting on the fence. Yeah, Mm -hmm. kind of. Yeah, because because even though he very clearly didn't get her and she didn't she didn't get him, there wasn't ever a time where either of them was the unreasonable bad guy. They just quite simply did not speak each other's languages but there were so many times where like they were both trying yeah throughout I... throughout the movie and it wasn't it, it wasn't a case of looking at the dad going oh the dad just got, doesn't doesn't give a shit about her or mm. whatever or she's just like oh he's a he's an antiquated dinosaur and so mm. doesn't matter or anything there wasn't any of that kind of toxic side of that kind of relationship yeah. i i think it was all very very genuine. Well, I think even right from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I think I think you're right. 
I did feel it was pretty well balanced. I, I read somewhere that actually some of the there were some sequences with Rick where he was really kind of like going, I told you the machines are bad, and I, you know, kind of rubbing in their face after the dinosaur bit or after the, you know, the bit with the, when it, when it's, and I think test audiences have, it's the, it's the work of test audiences that have right, kind of found okay, that fair. ebb and flow. And yeah. I think clearly what they've done is they've, they've tested it to both sides, you know, people who kind of relate to her generation, Kate's generation, and people who relate to, and so I think this is the outcome. And yeah, you're right. I think it's a really well-balanced, uh, well-balanced piece. Something that I thought was a little jarring though, the little, little brother Aaron was he was originally going to be voiced by an actual child actor but eventually he went to um eventually went to be played by the director himself so it was the director that actually did the voice for <laughs> I thought that was quite funny yeah. I actually I actually really liked that the kind of like grown adult man in a man's voice and a child's body it was a, i thought it was a little bit was like, quite funny yeah it was um it, yeah it, it did make it did make me laugh a little bit but I, I mean like to be honest he had some of the best deliveries like some of the lines in the sequences were very i thought were very funny like, he this, absolutely th- did th- 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 this was a genuinely very like i did like feel my I, I i was i was pretty tired but i did like chuckle at quite a few little sequences um what, the first yeah. one that really got me was the when they're when they were when i think it was after the, the laptop gets broken and uh, and they go, we, we don't have any photos of ourselves. He goes, we got a nice one over there. And it's the stock family photo frame. I, I thought that oh, was yeah. quite funny. And just things like that. I mean, like there was another sequence. Oh, I'll talk about it now, right? It's later in my notes. When they're talking about like adventures that they go on with the family. And then they, they do the, they, it, it's it's like the montage, uh, not the montage, like the flashback almost sequence of the, the donkey ride. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it goes, oh, you know, we'll, we'll hire donkeys. Are you sure this is the right way? And then it cuts to just that overly dramatic. What about Prancer? Prancer belongs to the canyon now. <laughs> it belongs the... to the gorge. Yeah. It's great. I, I thought yeah. it was so funny. I read as well somewhere. So that the Prancer belongs to the canyon gag was almost cut because of how expensive um, it was to animate the rain, uh, the river and the bureau rig. So the whole that actually really? like yeah that little that yeah. little animation joke did, was really it, it expensive, did look incredibly dramatic. But it kind of it kind of had to be that kind of like over the top dramatic visually for such like a short punchy, well punchline really mm, for yeah. for that sequence. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the musical tracks that we liked in this movie? Because I've got a few that I wanted to to bring bring to your attention. Well, yeah, no, please do. I'll be, I'll be honest. I, I was so much more captivated on this particular instance by those kind of like Mimi songs, the, yeah. the actual like song tracks, like the Numa Numa. Numa Numa, yeah. For, for example, just really, really, really got me. I think yeah. I, I really liked that like more than anything else in this. I think that's my my favorite musical inclusion in this movie. To be, to it was, it was very, yeah. No, you're 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 not wrong. I've got a I've got a few that I thought were that were very. So, so as a soundtrack, I, this is this is this falls properly into that camp of I would never just sit and listen to this this no, soundtrack. No, neither would but, I. But it's very, very good. Like it's very well partnered with the movie. The because it really just like it's 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 at if 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 it's over the top animation that you're watching on screen, the music is like animated music. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if really, that really... I, I don't know if that makes sense. So yeah, that's a really really good description of that. Actually, be, yeah. be, because there's there's one the first track that really got me was was a track called Laptop Break slash Home Movies, yeah. um, and it's it's just it's there is nothing 
more appropriate than electronic nostalgia. Like it's just imagine if you if you in your head ever have a moment in your life where you're having you're experiencing a um some sort of nostalgia. This is the music that accompanies it. It's just that it's 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 just low level. It's it's obviously electronic because it's the base of the soundtrack, but it's just it's just I I don't know. I thought it was quite sentimental and and just quite touching and um and there's a couple of other examples where the music is totally animated, which I'll get to. Yeah. Um, no, but I think I think a lot of the score was, as you just said, sentimental and touching, and mm. I find it really interesting that we're getting to a stage, and this movie is a prime example of it. But there are lots of other examples where you can have that emotional connection with something that's not just a Hollywood string section. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? You know, we've had we've we've gone through eras and eras of you know John Williams Hollywood John Williams scoring, and mm. you know everyone everyone knows my thoughts on on John Williams is that is that he's you know he's the he's the king and you can do no better. But I do really really enjoy finding those emotional connections with other sound worlds. Mm, mm. I think it's really important. I think it's only really now that we're really starting to really indulge with it. Some of the some of the other sound world stuff just off the back of that. Um so we had the whole PAL sequences, the whole PAL villain. You talked obviously about Olivia Coleman in the role, which I thought was wonderful. Yeah, she I, was great. But I, I just I loved the whole design of that whole part of the movie as well. You know, the vibrant colours and the the like it was almost the overbearing music as well that you had like in the kind of expo music. And um, one song in particular when they were introducing the kind of the robots was uh, Icarus by um, Madian. And it's, it's, it's a piece of music that I've heard before in a couple of different times in a couple of different settings. Like it's a, it's a proper like over the top kind of like techno, like anthem kind of piece of music. Um, but it, but it, it just kind of fit, it fit perfectly with that kind of, oh, I've heard this piece of music before. Oh, I've seen that building before. It's because it's shaped exactly like a PS5. Yeah. And then you kind of combine yeah. that with like the undertones and then the sinister nature of it, which is the, the, the books itself. So when Pal is revealed to be the mastermind of the robot uprising she's shown as standing on three books. So one of the books is called The Master Algorithm um, and how the quest for ultimate learning machine will remake our world by uh, Pedro Domingos. So I, I don't, I've, I've not read that one. Um, I've read of the, well, I've heard of The Art of War. I mean, everyone's heard of that one by Sun Tzu. Yep. Um, and then there's Singularity is Near, When Humans Transcend Biology by Ray Kurzweil. So these are basically two books on artificial, artificial intelligence and then a classic book on military strategy. And it's kind Brilliant. of just like, you've got the familiar Familiarities of the like the kind of scene like the undertones of like these like sinister books. You've got this thumping baseline, and then you've got a PS5, and it's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. This <laughs> no, yeah, is this is definitely... setting everything around us. <laughs> no, but it's great. I mean, if you just want like just quick, snappy visualizations, and listen, like nine out of ten people are not gonna like see the the names of the spines of the books mm, right yeah they're just gonna be there well i read the art of war and i wanted to learn a bit more so i didn't know the other two. Oh right yeah but yeah wait have you actually read the art of war no i sorry i haven't read it i'm heard oh, of right, the art okay. of war oh okay i was gonna say it no i'm like, not, bloody hell when I'm, did you read the art of war I'm not uh <laughs> i've actually read war and peace a couple of times it was really good 
Yeah, really oh, interesting. Hell. Have you heard of this new one? It's called the Bible. Um, but you know, yeah, I I know what you mean. I, I do know what you mean. Like, not many people are going to pick up on this kind of stuff. Yeah, no, but exactly. But it's great. It's it's great that they're there, and it, it's one of those things where you, you kind of have to applaud animation as like almost the higher art form. I've I've uh, one of my favorite film critics, Mark Kermode, mm. al- always says that like animation is is the highest form of like artistic expression because you can do anything anything with quite, it it's, yeah it is it, it's quite literally the the peak of possibilities for telling a story yeah you know and one, one of the most striking visuals in this movie for me was you know the the, the headquarters of the pal corporation yeah or pal industries whatever it's called plus like that kind of like triangular rocket yes. kind of shape where it was like filling up with thing and and it, what was really striking to me was obviously they were huge and they were they were they were really really huge but on like really but in on like a really flat landscape so it yeah. was like this kind of they were like ancient monoliths yeah yeah like, yeah and both the pal corporation building and the rocket and obviously the rhombus there, there yeah. was a really funny name for the rhombus is like rhombus of like eternal doom or something or or something along those lines but i was really struck with like the message of like you know how much we kind of worship those tech giants Mm. and the personalities behind them you know the 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 ceo founder with his two thousand dollar hoodie was basic was basically the steve jobs yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. of, of this movie and the and right up until the robot apocalypse happened, he was worshipped as this kind of god, and and his buildings were very much like a testament to that. It was extremely tribal, and I really liked that kind of like holding of the mirror mm. up to us, the viewer, going, "Yeah, but you know, you're actually like this. Yeah, you're 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 the real let's, piece let's of be, shit. Let's be honest. You're you're a real piece of shit. Just aimed at five year old. Look at you. What's wrong with you? Yeah." Get out there and get a job. I don't care if you're sick. You could be packing trolleys. Brilliant. <laughs> Something else that I thought was quite inspired about this movie was the casting. I thought it was very, very clever, some of the parts of it. Oh, yeah. But especially the casting of the posies, because I thought that was really quite funny for a couple of reasons. It was John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, yeah. who are obviously a married couple in real life, but they're just, they're, they're spouted as being just this perfect couple in real life, and then they play this perfect this perfect couple in the film, which I thought was really quite funny. And I was yeah, like, oh. I was really, I, there was one kind of beat that I wish was there, but maybe it would have been a bit too hokey. Was, and I'm like, they were always going to get captured. There yeah, was always yeah, going to yeah. be a moment where yeah. they get captured. And I was like, I'm waiting for the bit where we see them in captivity and we see like the real them and they're not actually perfect. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, they yeah. stay perfect throughout the whole movie. And I was like, I don't know. Is that, is that right? Should they have had like a Well, I think that's what you do. I mean, nobody's perfect. I don't know. Maybe you can't really act. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. So, so what you, um, maybe so it's like John, John Legend and Christine it's like you've got to act like you're not perfect but I, I, I think whole part of their like persona their internet persona is that they are a perfect family like right. it's, a, it's a weird it's a weird like I, it's a weird when you say that right because I don't think John Legend and Chrissy Teigen would do it because I do think that's one of these jokes that's very close to the bone because I think in real life they are like that as a couple, right, and they I wouldn't. See. But and and I do wonder, like obviously that everyone fights, everyone argues. But I think that 
if they'd suggested, the producer suggested or the writer suggested they were going to do that, they probably wouldn't have put themselves in that position because they don't want to compromise their like perfect vision of that they actually are a perfect. That's a weird one, actually. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do know what you mean. I thought we were going to get some singing from them, but we didn't. Oh, no, no. But, that uh, that would have been... I mean, that would have been cool. Well, but... you know, in like in Step Brothers, when the family are all singing Sweet Child of Mine, the perfect family. Oh, right. Like I, I was see, thinking I some see. sort of sequence like that. I know. Just somebody, somebody just brings a guitar out of yeah, nowhere. Yeah. Do, do you, so some of the other jokes that I I found were, were very funny in this movie. I'm going to kind of intersperse them throughout. But the next one I found was, um, it was like, it was like a throwaway line of one of the kids when they were like trying to entice them people into those pods, the robots were, um, when they were at the diner and, and they were like, oh, it's fun. And the kid went, I like fun. Everyone says that about me. <laughs> and I was just like, it just caught me off guard, that one. Um, and, then he's, and then he shouts at Munchie or something. Why, are you, why, are you, why aren't you normal when the dog gets taken away? You know, the wee boy Aaron shouts. There was some, there was some just really kind of yeah. like funny throwaway lines throughout a large part of that. Um, and then there was, uh, I'll, I'll finish up the other one that I thought was a very funny line. I don't know who it was that said it. Um, but it was, it was when he says, I love the dog. You love the dog. We all love the dog. But you have to be prepared to eat the dog. <laughs> I thought that was a really good line. <laughs> when they're like in that kind of post-apocalyptic, slowly starting to, to, to dawn on them, which yeah, yeah. I, I thought was quite good. You know, I laughed at something very, very silly in this movie. And when mm-hmm. I say very, very silly, it wasn't even played as a joke. It was kind of like a more of a movie production joke. Okay. What what's the what's the biggest problem with the movie Casino Royale, Callum? Is it the bit when the boy gets the bit of rope swinging up no, in no, his no, nose? Like, the, 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 the serious, the very serious problem about a certain company that has yeah. a product is it, in uh, every single scene. Is it Heineken? It's not Heineken. <laughs> is it? I think what the product, what a really bad product placement for 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 Casino Royale. Are you sure it's not Heineken? Is it is it Coke? No. Do Coke do it? No. You're being serious. Omega, the Omega scene. No, you're no, you're 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 being funny. You're being funny. It's Sony. It's Sony. There's a Sony Vio laptop in yeah, every yeah, scene. There's yeah. Sony phones yeah. everywhere. And there's a scene, or there's several scenes where Katie is wearing her headphones. They both headphones. Do you know what word is strewn across the cup? Is it Sony? Oh, I thought Beats. Oh, you uh, thought it was Beats. Uh, You thought there was Beats. And I kind of thought, I laughed at it because obviously Casino Royale is one of the biggest like failures of like product placement like anyone's ever seen. Sure. And the fact that the same company has it. Well, it was a failure to you, movie. but it wasn't I mean, a failure it, to the advertisers. No, definitely not. Definitely not. But I just thought this is one of the hilarious. smallest failures. Yeah, no, I, I know thought, what you mean. I thought it was hilarious that an animated movie where you can make like a blanket environment, every animated movie starts with like a, a blank page and you can make products from the ground up just out of your imagination. Anytime you have a product in a live action movie, it's got to be made by someone. So somebody is going to be on a Mac laptop or mm. is going to be driving a certain brand of car. But the thing I love about animated movies is they don't, nothing has to be that you can just draw your own car and mm. have it not be a real car. So I was really disappointed 
that they insisted on making the bloody headphones Sony headphones. Well, speaking of the car as well, the actual the car is modelled after an AMC Pacer, which is the same car featured in Wayne's World. So it was the one that was copied from Wayne's World and uh, and Goofy as well, the Goofy movie. Yeah, but it was but, yeah. But that I mean, but that's not the same thing, is it? Though because that's like a homage. Yeah, homage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an artistic homage, sure. and actually. Uh, it, it based on that and not literally that mm. but these headphones okay let's give credit where credit is due these aren't real headphones they're animated headphones mm-hmm. but they still have it's Sony. fucking outrageous it's a cartoon Alex I fucking hate it <laughs> no but am I not right did you notice no, this I, I mean, did I you do, notice it so, so, so no but here like I, I didn't maybe notice it in this one but I do I know the point you're making I mean every time I watch an Apple TV series it's sometimes a little overbearing just always seeing the Apple product placement in a large part yeah. of it um, yeah. I don't know maybe I guess you look for these things if you're aware of it and and yeah I, um, do you know what's really interesting about the Apple the Apple product placement thing is it so, the villains don't have Apple yeah, products? Yeah, yeah I've yeah, seen yeah. that. Yeah, And what I really, really love about that is that does actually extend into their own properties as well. Okay. Because Brad and Mythic Quest doesn't doesn't use a Mac. Oh, does he? Oh, it's hilarious. that is good. That is funny. Wait, which one's Brad again? Is he the... Oh, Brad! Brad's the, the uh, monetization guy. Yeah, the tall yeah, monetization yeah, yeah. guy. Yes, because he is—he is the villain, isn't he? You're right. Have you he seen is. how He's far? Fantastic. How far through are you? Have, have we? Oh, I'm I'm completely up to date. I watched the new episode that oh, dropped I've yesterday. Not, I've not watched the news. I've watched news. I've, I've I watched the one with the the role playing recently, where you know the the kind of special episode where they all did the yeah. That was bloody good. It was good, wasn't it? It's good that he's the villain. I liked it. That was yeah. really really quite good. Good. Uh, I want to talk some more musical tracks. Very a little bit of a little bit of a so there's there's two tracks back to back that I thought were really great. So there's one of the tracks was called um, "Eat Laser Robots." Um, I think that's what it's called. Maybe I'm misspelling. Then it's followed directly by the track "Robots Capture Humans," and both of them are just these absolute like dramatic, over the top techno traps, uh, techno tracks um, that really just emphasize what we're watching on screen. You know, just the over the, the robots uprising, the overlord robots, and specifically the "Robot Capture Human" track. There's an awesome drum track, like a really full on, like almost Daft Punk vibe underneath oh, it, yeah. which is really awesome. Like I genuinely thought that was a pretty cool track. Um, and again, you know, it's a cartoon version of what we're seeing on the screen. And it's so appropriate. Like, it's so well-timed. Like, it's such a clever yeah. addition of music to the movie. It's just, it's it's it's, yeah, a, it's it, perfect. I, I do remember that scene that you're talking about. And, and it is almost like the action that was happening on screen where it was perfectly choreographed to the musical beats. And then, great. and then the juxtaposition of that is there's a track followed called On the Roof. And on the roof is when you've got the Mitchells, they're on their own, they've not got their phones, the robots have left them alone, and it's just them having a moment and they're chatting. And that track is nearly void of all electronic instruments. It's there's no there's almost no electronic style music there. So that's your kind of more classical soundtrack piece because it's them on their own with no technology. And I thought yeah, it was no, just quite clever, yeah, just to kind of well. like when yeah, it's just when when there's no machines around them, the music represents that kind of more traditional style of music, which I thought was quite clever did you yeah. like the eric and deborah bot 3000 robots i did <laughs> i thought they were very, very good actually i thought they were really really good is it yeah. is it a jimmy kimmel that does the voice of one of those i, I read or uh, someone it? It, one of it it's not it's not kimmel um he's one of the talk show hosts 
Fallon? Conan. It's Conan O'Brien. Oh, is it Conan? Yeah. Oh, of no, course does, it is. He does Galax, Galaxicon 5000. I'm trying to think who does the bloody Deborah bots. Well, they were very funny, whoever they were. They I were. do know that Conan was in this. Uh, oh, it's Fred Armson and Beck Bennett. So I, I, I know of Beck Bennett. I've seen him before. And I've seen Fred before. Um, yeah, very funny. The two of them. I think they're, oh, they're yeah. sort of like SNL style alumni. Guys. So guys, we don't know this kind of shit. Beck Bennett. Is, uh, they were great. Ca- they were great characters, though. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought they were very, very good. Actually, very, very funny. I did really, you like? I really want to turn the camera around. Sorry, there's a truck going past the window right now, very slowly, and there's a guy standing on top of a pallet of stuff, and he looks like some sort of shit version of Marty McFly in Back to the Future. <laughs> you know, when he's like this builder on top of a truck, he's standing riding the back of it like there's oh a pallet of wood. That was very funny. <laughs> Sorry, brilliant. I couldn't oh, let that not tell you that. There you go. Sorry, mate. Oh, thanks for that. No, I was going to ask, did you enjoy Attack of the the Furbies? Oh, I did like the Furby sequence. Yeah, I thought it was really I good. Loved, I loved that. I loved that. Such a such a throwback toy. Because do Furbies even exist anymore? Yeah, I mean... Do people still yeah, buy you Furbies? Can, you can buy a... Yeah, you could buy like a Furby. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They're, 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 I think there's like modern versions of Furby like the that you could just buy. I think that kind of... I mean, they're obviously nowhere near as um, around as when they were. What what did Furbies do? What were what was their function? Were they just well, they, kind of they 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 were basically fluffy, but they had motorized eyes and mouths. Yeah, and a speaker inside where they just said some shit. Yeah, and I kind of and I kind of think that that was it. Were they based off Mogwai in the in the in the Gremlins? Maybe I think so. Were they kind of because that's the thing? But because I I think that's what. That's why they were quite sinister looking, wasn't it? That is because I was thinking, I was thinking this isn't the first time people have done demon Furbies. Yeah. But then you just brought up the gremlins and it's like, oh no, actually, I think Furbies are actually just like based on gremlins, which is interesting, isn't it? Because, because gremlins is like, is a horror movie. Yeah. Like it's a scary, it's a scary movie. So yeah. why would you make a toy out of it? And it's a Christmas like, movie. It's, it's like, yes, and a Christmas movie. It's, it's like making, making Chucky. In yeah. real life, which obviously people, of course, there are Chucky dolls that you can buy, but like they're very, very niche. They're not, they're not mass market toys for kids. They're very much like adult toys, grown up toys. At Alex, okay. that's not adult. Are you want to? Are you sure we want to go down this route? Is how, that not how, an adult how toy? How does one? How does one describe this? Are you mature? Talk- no, not mature. A mature, a mature adult toy. Is that what you mature, were talking about? A, a mature, a mature adult, motorized, motorized a, adult toy. Uh, a mature adult doll. <laughs> no, that's not right either. <laughs> there we go. Nice. Um, a mature motorized. Um, I don't know. Sort of pulsing doll because it pulse. No, uh, yeah, it just doesn't really work that well, does it? What did you think of the foolish human advert? The advert that was on TV. I thought that was a very, very funny sequence when they were yeah. when they were doing that. Like, Your flight will last forever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that was very funny. Some of that stuff. Um, yeah. I, I, like genuinely, the jokes properly land in this movie. Like no, un- unlike unlike some animated movies, that this movie is very well like layered um, for for multiple audiences, which which I thought was which I thought was great. Yeah, it's great, and it kind of brings me to like where I really got like quite emotionally invested mm. in in this because I feel like the the big theme that underlies this whole movie is that kind of like family unit, mm-hmm. that fam- family dynamic, and like 
even even when you've got different generations in one family you're all just in it together mm. and everyone's just as important as each other and they all if they find a way to connect at the end but the part that really resonated with me was i mean first of all i very much identified with katie's character because you know she wants to come to leave home and like um make movies be an artist and i've had a very similar journey uh with that and that i you know left home went to like music music college i had very supportive and understanding parents because my my parents are both both musicians as well but Mm. the other thing that really resonated with me as well was the fact that you know my my dad went to university to uh be a musician he first when he graduated he was he was going to be a professional clarinetist Mm. and um i didn't do that yeah and uh rick Rick Mitchell had a similar kind of uh, moment in this movie where his big thing was he wanted to live in the woods. Mm. And he had this kind of like association with the thing like, like he wants and he gave it up to support his family. Mm. And I, my, my, my dad, my dad's story is not, is not, is not nearly as sort of, Imagining your dad living in the woods. I don't, I, well, I, no, exactly. No, exactly. I don't. He he would he would say that he didn't that he didn't sacrifice that he didn't sacrifice anything in the same way. I think you know if you watch this movie, he wouldn't say, "Oh, well, I'm, I'm not the same as that." But there are there are there are a few yeah, little parallels yeah. that I can draw between uh, Rick and my dad. That I hope I hope I really hope he doesn't mind me uh, detailing. Yeah, but it, it, that really that really really spoke to me and it made me a little it made me quite emotional to be honest yeah no so i didn't have the music company it's a different track but you know you're right i mean the the when they watch him sell the house and they he sort of he sort of turns from the house and he's looking at it and he turns immediately to face his daughter in the back of the car I thought that was just a nice transition like you know that 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 looking at the camera and then turning to see his daughter's face like it was yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, like no, this is it, the old part of my, you know, it's a new chapter in his life. It's a new, it's a yeah. new, um, it's a, it's something different. And what the, the the perfect moment was obviously when he did turn away from the cabin, and you know, he went to tuck an infant Katie into the car, and he's like, "Well, this isn't hard at all. This is just the choice. This is just something different. Like yeah. this is hundred percent what I want." Yeah, and that. And that's perfect, and that really hit home for me as well. Yeah, like it's honestly just hit really close to the bone emotionally for me. All that. Some of the some of the other inclusions that I liked in this movie was we got quite a few Kill Bill references. I don't know if you noticed. We, did. we got the Battle I... of Without Honor, and then the Sirens anger track from. We... Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, <laughs> Uh, I like the track Kate and Rick um, work together. So that's a, that's a track near the end, obviously, when they are working together. And it's kind of, again, it's, it's a juxtaposition of just that techno menace that we're so used to. And then it has an epic kind of hero-esque vibe throughout of it. And then we cut into the kind of the YouTube, um, the YouTube kind of music as well that kind of follows up the Numa Numa stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and my final joke that I genuinely like I did laugh out loud at was when she says to her dad, he goes, oh, you, you, you know, you subscribe to my YouTube channel. And he goes, yeah, yeah, no worries. It wasn't that hard. And then it cuts to the two of them just like that. screaming that it's just like, I can't get it. Oh God. I've just bought so many things off Amazon. I thought that was very funny. That, it was so funny. Um, it was so funny. 
there was a there was a question that popped into my head at the end of this movie, which was, how much money do you think Sigur Ros, the band Sigur Ros, have made off From the song Hoppy Pola? Yeah, yeah, I thought the same because thing. Because it's yeah. impossible to have a cathartic end of movie all is well with the world resonant resonant kind of moment without using Hoppy Pola. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. No, because it happened. It did, because yeah. it happened. It happened very, very briefly. It wasn't the whole song. Usually, you get some of the singing. This was just the ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. Well, it did its ding, job. Ding. All you need to do is it hear did, that. It did its job. But you know what's really funny? However long that song has been out, and it's been on Planet Earth trailers, and it's been on adverts, every, adverts. It's been on every emotional movie under the sun for exactly that reason. For exactly this reason, no matter how many times we've seen that inclusion and felt that inclusion for exactly the same reasons in anything, it still hits home. Yeah, and I, know, I actually I know don't care. I still don't feel like we've overbanged that drum. No, love it, it. Is it? It's not a cliche yet, is it? And it no. absolutely should be. I love it. I love it. Um, final fact I have for you here, mate. The director Mike uh, Rinda, Rinda, I can't pronounce his name. So who did Voice of Aaron as well? And the producer right. Chris Miller and Phil Lord were asked by the press if there were any plans for a sequel. Chris said Sony is very excited for a second movie. Mike's response was, "There are some pitches for the movie already, so potentially we could see a second one, a cloudy with a chance of meatballs too." A- a cloudy with a chance of meatballs too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not uh, Mitchell's versus Machines. No, too. no, we're gonna get the sequel to Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too. Too. Right. Okay. There's the, they're not a crossover. They're not the same universe, are they? No, I don't think so. No, one of them is no. a different studio. But yeah, Mitchell's versus the Machines too. Coming, <sighs> coming, coming soon. Would you want to watch that? Would you want to have Hoppy Polar playing again? I don't. I mean, I'll always have Hoppy Polar Hoppy, playing again. Hoppy Polar. I don't you know. know like, every time I and I, the other thing about that song is every time I hear it in a movie, I immediately go and listen to it. Yeah, it's a good song. Like it's a good whole, piece of music. The, the, yeah. whole, the whole song. But yeah, but do I want a sequel to this? Well, do, do you know? I mean, I I thought the music was very very good, and I thought that the jokes landed very well. I would watch it more just for the jokes because the jokes were very funny. Um, but then I would I would just watch the watch this movie again. Yeah. I don't, because uh, even though... The, <laughs> do you want a sequel? The, Just watch the first one again. Simple. But do you know what? Some good advice yes. for this podcast. Yes. And then if you're going to make something new, then actually make something new. Yeah. Like, I'm, 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 start, I'm starting to be that, like, grouchy old man that's just... D- done with sequels and things like that because i think if you're gonna if you're gonna do franchise franchise building is one thing yeah. because there are so many movies now where the first movie is just there to facilitate other movies and oh you kind of there's go some in, really bad ones recently there are some really really that bad mortal combat one apparently is that exactly yeah yeah yeah. apparently yeah i've heard they don't even do mortal combat yeah but like it's fine whatever but but you can temper your expectations to put up with that you know what you're going in for and you're like, okay, well, this is just the first chapter of something like much, much bigger. And I can actually watch movies like that without critiquing it for that reason. Sure. Because I know functionally it's supposed to do something else. But then when you get a lovely self-contained movie like Mitchell's versus the Machines, there's no more story after Mm, this. mm, mm. Or there doesn't have to be. And when I get presented something like that, I just go, that was great leave it alone yeah because the only reason to do a sequel is financial Mm -hmm. apart from that and then that's just really cynical to me 
Well, Alex, I've got only one question left to ask you, and that's how many what thumbs up do you want to give this? I'm giving this two. It's lovely. It's a two thumbs up. I thought it's, it's very, two. very clever. And it's I, two because I, I, I cried. But it, but it, <laughs> but it really. I thought the music choices were really, really appropriate. Like this is one of those really rare examples where the podcast mission statement sets out to do what it, it does. Like I thought they paired it very, very well. Like it was yeah. very well interweaved. No, really, 100%. really, really solid two thumbs up. Yeah. Moving forward. Oh, there we are. That's it. That's that's the new way we do it. That's a very civilized. Yeah. Moving forward. That's it. I would say. Dare I say it'll be a it'll be a champagne. It'll be a champagne bottle popping next week. Oh. And then and then the following week to follow that up it'll be uh, the old uh, you know the line off the line off the strippers. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say I was gonna say rim, but you know. We're we're doing this a bit out of order this week because we're I've not actually seen. Oh, don't tell them, no, mate. I don't, oh, don't okay, tell them. okay. I've definitely don't I have them. definitely seen the Mitchells versus Machines at this point you, in time. At this point in time, you've I've definitely, definitely seen, seen that. So I'm having a bottle of wine. Also, the the um, not a bottle. And you of wine, think it's terrible, don't you? No, it's shite. I'm actually. I've, also, there's going to be a loud buzzing at some point coming through. This thing's going to the bin. This 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 episode's already lost its track. My my door's <laughs> going to go in a minute because my my takeaways. Come, we're having takeaway tonight, by the way, everyone. Oh, brilliant. Oh, what, what, what are you? What well, are you I wouldn't tell you that because that'll ruin the supplies, you bloody fool. What are you all about? Oh. No, I'm joking. It's a tie. You know where I get it from as well. You know the place. Remember oh, we went there once. It's a good place. Remember when, when good life place. was good and we we went there. A uh, lot of stuff to cover. Yeah, in moving you, you forward, can t- you can tell you can tell we're out of order because we're rambling like it's the bloody intro. Hmm. You caught me off guard. I hope you were going to say something more interesting than that. Rather than no, just call me out. Oh, okay, no, no, it was just because I, I took a drink when you started talking, and typically it's because I phase oh, I out see. and don't really listen to what you say. <laughs> oh, Speaking of not really listening to what you say, I can't think of a segue into this, but we're going to start with the Friends Reunited trailer because that is the thing yeah. that has made the headlines everywhere this last week. Absolutely. And this trailer is hype. It is pretty good, know. actually. I was, yeah. as someone who has long term been very met on Friends, it's the, it's for me, it is a solid three and a half, four out of ten. What, it's, really? Yeah, I've just never engaged with it particularly. I don't know why. I, I think it's, I, I don't know, it just never caught I mean, me. It never caught me. I mean, I feel like at the moment, the big talking point about Friends and the zeitgeist is it hasn't aged very well. And that Ross Geller yeah. is the worst kind of toxic man, yeah, like ever, yeah, it, like it's just terrible. There's so much terrible, problematic things, mm. um, as it relates to like the current kind of society. Well, you know, that... you know me, Alex. I mean, I'm all uh, let's just cancel it. Let's get it done with. It's, it's oh yeah, get it's, it cancelled. It's absolutely. absolutely you, you know, I, I I don't want anything to like. It, it, it's, do you know what's very interesting though? It, do you know what's very interesting about the fr- the friends argument though? No, what about is, it? Well, it's because people have such an affinity for it mm. that they don't care. Mm. It's th- there's a line in the sand where people go, 
yeah but it's so good and it's so integral to like my growing up that i actually don't care oh it's the same it's the same as like jk Rowling, and it's the same it? reason why people shun gary glitter and people still praise um <laughs> michael jackson like it's exact it's exactly the Absolutely. same you know that is that is the that is the the thesis. If Gary Glitter had just made some better music and then got on with the kitty fiddling, then he wouldn't have been cancelled. See, Michael Jackson. At least he made good music, so he could get like. There's a bar. Exactly. There is a bar. Exactly. <laughs> now, I, I, now, now let, let let let's be very clear and transparent here. Ross Geller and Michael Jackson. Not not two peas in the two bowl, in the same as far as I'm concerned. Right. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Binary opinions are flowing. And that guy that works there in the in the Central Park, the one that I never get his name right, is he called? Was his name Borg or some Gunther? Gunther. <laughs> Gunther Borg. <yeah>. Borg. <laughs> is he? No, he is. A, that's you a Star Wars no character, letters. though, isn't it? Well, no, the the Borg. The Borg, an alien species with a hive mind, Alex, my... appeared in the Next Generation and Voyager. Oh, okay. And other properties. Alex, my uh, my order is on the move. Just so we know, we're not moving forward. Has never been. This is like an episode of Twenty Four. This episode of Moving Forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll say one last thing about the Friends. Yeah, go for it, mate. I think I will actually watch. Oh, me too. Me despite, too. Yeah, I'll be flippant, but I will. That it's not it's not the characters but i think they're very much laying into the fact that the actors and the characters are really interchangeable as far as their audience is concerned yeah. so i think putting them in that setting and it looks like they're going to be recreating some famous scenes mm -hmm. having a read of old they'll scripts. have a frolic in the fountain <laughs> yeah reenacting re some like famous like the quiz i think they're going to reenact the quiz which is like a real highlight from the friends run except they're going to do like real questions between the two and i think it looks like a lot of well fun. i'm looking i'm fun. looking forward to it or or not i'm not sure but i'm sure i will okay, definitely cool. watch it and i'm sure we'll cover it at another moving forward wait is it on netflix or is it on amazon or what's it on none of them oh i don't I, isn't it on hbo i think it'll be on now tv, ah, now TV. excellent yeah. well alex Moving forward, we we're getting drips and drabs of a series that I'm very, very looking forward to. That is, of course, Marvel's What Ifs. Ooh, this is a very intriguing concept of a show, actually, I will admit. I, I always was really, really interested. Um, I was I was always interested in this as a premise because I think the what if averse is one that's just it just really stands out for me for some reason I just I can't quite put my finger on why um, I think it's just because I, I I just really like the idea that you've got all these completely novel different ways of things that, that could have been and and, I, and I, they've done it properly they, they've really done it properly they've got the voice acting cast you know we've talked about the fact this is probably yeah, this is probably Chadwick Boseman's I know we saw uh, Ma Rainey being his last live action performance but this is the last yeah. I mean actual actual performance yeah, ever and it's, yeah, it's yeah. relatively fitting I read somewhere I was saying it, it's showing you know, not only is he the Black Panther, but he's off into space. He's off into the stars, and he's, you know, he's kind of. I uh, thought it was see, a little I, bit. See, I was, I was about to tell you that I don't want to know. Oh. I've actually done a really good job of avoiding this because I kind of feel that doing a what if, and then knowing what the what if is before you go into it is sort of like half ruining it well that's you. gonna so bloody that's... ruin this content because i was gonna go through each of the episodes and say what we've been teased so far ah uh, no don't do it i mean the only one that i know mm. that i know of mm -hmm. is 
is it is it Captain America that's been changed to Peggy Carter and now and now she's Captain Britannia? Look, or I, 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 like I'm going to go through them just for the listeners who are interested, and you can switch off. I mean, I don't have a huge right, amount okay. of information, but I was hoping it would fuel some rabid spec speculation and rabid rabbit rabbit some rabbits speculation. Rabbit. Yeah, absolutely rabbit. So as you say, the probably the first episode will feature Peggy Carter, but instead of uh, instead of Steve, it's Peggy taking the super soldier serum. Okay. Now, this is something that I think Marvel fans have long awaited, a Captain Britain-esque character. And I, 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 I for one, I'm really excited to see this. Um, what's also That'll be my takeaway coming. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to have to go down and let that in. So stand by. <laughs> I, I, for one, have always really been interested in the cat, the Captain Britain character. And I've seen a few things in comics, and it, it kind of picked up steam um, sort of in the 90s a lot because it was obviously a huge outcry for... Like, the Marvel comics were huge in, in America for, for a long period of time, but then yeah. um, they started to really make that, that sort of transition over the over the sea um, in the sort of latter half well, of the 20th thing, but century. But was it really that big? Was it really that big over no, here? Like, ever? No, I mean, it, it's never really... No, you're right. I mean, it's never really been that huge. Um, something else... Else that I'm really interested in this is that I've seen Peggy Carter riding on the back of some sort of mechanical iron giant. My speculation. Really? Was that down the street? Was that was it? it. I just saw it the other day. I, I couldn't believe it. But I genuinely think that we might see uh, a Howard Stark taking up the mantle of Iron Man. So there might be a kind of old-fashioned Iron Man from the 1940s. Okay. So, okay. so that's one that I'm really, really looking forward to. Another episode, as I said before, would we'll see T'Challa becoming Star-Lord instead of P- Peter Quill. Again, I love this. I think this is such Wait, a... does that mean just Yondu picks up T'Challa? That's it, yeah. That's it. Yeah, oh, have you not seen that one in the trailer? Have you seen the trailer for this one? Again, I've not watched the bloody trailers because I didn't. I didn't want to know anything. But I suppose you know I'm sacrificing that part of my enjoyment for the content. Well, it's not as if I'm going to actually tell you exactly what happens. By the way, they all die. But it's not as if I'm actually going to spoil yeah, but that. But my point is, isn't half the charm of this thing the premise? No, I think half the the mystery. No, because you're like, oh, the, this story doesn't have to fit in with anything you've seen before. It's like completely fresh and completely different direction. No, I, I see. I think the opposite. I think the charm of this is the slight spoiler. They say, oh, this is the premise and they give you nothing else. Like that, that, that I'm salivating at the mouth. Right. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I, I, I want to I be able to smell the food. I don't want to have to know nothing about it. Do you know what I mean? That's that, yeah. Speaking, speaking of salivating, mm. do you know what I'm salivating over? What? Oh, a bit of Bridgerton. Oh, we do. I was gonna. I was just gonna before we go into Bridgerton. Got I've got some, a few more that I want to just. I thought that was such a great. I thought that was such a great transition I because you know didn't. people thirst for Bridgerton. Well, my mouth is but, my know. mouth is dry from the from the right, lack okay. of imagina- imag- imagination and originality from that one. I'll say that for just before okay, I see. Enough. I thought you were going to transition into one of the other waters, which is Marvel Zombies might be making a small appearance, potentially oh. seeing a zombie Captain America. Um, there is at one that. point potentially. There is one point potentially a uh, a Peter Parker potentially with a quiver of arrows in his back? Hmm, question mark. Um, there's there's talk of Thor becoming worthy. Uh, sorry, uh, Loki becoming worthy rather. Oh, Loki becoming mm, worthy. I wonder what that that would mean. Uh, another suggests that Thanos could wipe out the other half of the universe. So what if the other half potentially went instead of the one? Oh, see that. 
That's really interesting. Yeah, see what we because as we as we all know, it, it turned out the way it did because uh, we needed the central cast. Mm. So the bit, the what if is uh, what what if the yeah what well, now is it saying something else then is it do we then look at that episode with the lens of actually the most important formative movies of the MCU were actually the b-roll characters and not the central well it could be that i mean i'm I'm interested to see what that is i mean that's kind of what it's saying i guess well though star lord was snapped so that wouldn't make a huge difference we don't know if uh, sharon carter was snapped do we the carter lineage i don't think so i guess peggy wouldn't have she died before so yeah doesn't make a difference about that and no i I don't i think i think sharon carter wasn't snapped Mm. because oh she was the underworld yeah yeah you're right yeah she was in the underworld um so there's other episodes i'm not really too sure i mean that's really where the trail goes goes stale there's some talk of tony stark and the grandmaster so maybe it's uh tony stark in the kind of thor ragnarok series instead of uh in, in instead of thor so maybe that maybe that's an episode but other than that there's not really a huge amount there but i'm really excited for it okay now you can give me your 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 best uh, segue into bridgerton but now but you've ruined the previous segue and i'm gonna keep I it in. Ruined, I did so so it. you yeah, need I to have a it in for my i need a better segue right okay well what was the last thing you said i said uh outer spo- space dimensional travel and mechanical monsters Fucking try okay. your best. <laughs> yeah. Speak. Speaking of mechanical monsters, yeah. have you seen there's Bridgerton news? What was that? I <laughs> was a segue, mate. Is that because of the show writing? It's like it's been done by some sort of AI machinery, which is like, yeah. do people like uh, contemporary yeah. dramas and sort of like remixes of Billie Eilish tracks? We'll give them. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I I saw this. Now, okay, so. Bridgerton. Bridgerton's a strange animal for me because I'm going to hold my hands up and say I enjoyed it. Mm. But but I saw it for what it was. Okay. It was utter shite. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Which is, which is utter nonsense. But the point is, I had my fill, mm-hmm. right? I had my fill of the nonsense the first time around. Yes. I have absolutely zero interest in revisiting any of oh, it. Very good. There we go. That's that, there, how, there we how go. that kind of stuff should be seen, I guess. Now, I read somewhere that it's a spin-off series. We're not talking about another series. It's a, it's a Queen Charlotte story as a prequel. We'll feature a young lady Bridgerton and a young lady Danbury. I don't know who those characters are, Alex, because I've just wrote them down right. in my show notes. So you're going to have to fill us all in. Well, Lady Danbury was the. She's oh, no, Lady Danbury. <laughs> Which one was she? They all have the same bloody the name, mate. Name. Honestly, one of them is a is... lady. One of them is a queen. Oh, yeah. Look, right, Queen Charlotte is quite interesting, actually, to be mm-hmm. fair, because obviously she was the wife of mad king you'll be back george uh-huh. um so seeing a bit more of that mm-hmm. i don't know could be interesting but this is not historically accurate this isn't the crime no which is also very historically accurate so that's no, more you're right i'm winding you up Look no no, no, it, no okay yes <laughs> The crown is what is also what it is, but it's also a damn load better than bloody Bridgerton. Isn't I it? don't know. I've never. I've not really been into these sort of regal things. I, I, I don't like to look above my stations. I never once thought it could be me, and therefore I never dreamed or never dared to dream, Alex. Right. For that is the kind of absolutely. <laughs> I am. You're it, happy with it. It's your not lot. becoming of me, Alex, to for a peasant to think of such high, lofty heights of uh, of. Sh- <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of lofty oh, heights, these are getting great. Which one is it now? Do you know where I'm going with this? Do you know where I'm going is with this? It, Speaking of lofty heights, is it something about Indiana Jones? It is. Ah, very good. So we've got some interesting castings, don't we? Well, there's that, but I was um the reason I went with lofty heights is because the current chatter is that Indiana Jones 5 could be set in space. What? I'm sure that whistling is not going to be annoying through the ears in the pop filter. I just felt that a whistling would have been... See, you could have se- we could have segued from... I love it how you chose to segue from interdimensional creatures and mechanical monsters from Marvel's What Ifs into Bridgerton and not go straight to the space. You've got egg on your face over there, don't you? Absolutely not. I'll wear it with mm. pride. Well, nah, I do have egg on my face, but I'm wearing it. A little yoke moustache for all to see. <laughs> don't you Don't you hate powers. that? Sorry, just as a real interesting, don't you hate it when the yoke bursts and it gets into your moustache? Because it's it, yoke oh, yeah, is the no, worst to get out of a beard for anyone. It really <laughs> anyone. is. It's, yeah, I, like, that literally constitutes as a full face wash, if you have to do it. Oh, I think the other one. Or just shave it. <laughs> no, I think, the, I think the other one is melted chocolate. Oh, like I've never never done that. <laughs> what do you that mean is, a lot of it? Are you like, are you like Bruce Bogtrotter from Matilda? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, go on. What's right, should we talk into? Yeah, let's should do it. Let's do it because I've got some what other do we, stuff. What do we think about it? What do we think about it being set in space? I don't know or care. I mean, yeah, well, no, I, actually I do care because actually last time they did the whole space trick, that went down really well with the fans and everyone really enjoyed that. So I think they should just you know hedge what? their bets and keep going. <laughs> What I especially liked about that particular example is they came out afterwards and was like, well, actually, it wasn't. Uh, they weren't aliens. They were extra dimensional. And they w- well, duh. Like they obviously, from, Alex. They they did you not know they that? From space. Did you not know? They weren't from space. They were from another did dimension. Did you not? Like, oh, okay. Thanks, Did Steve. you not? Just to, be, just to be clear, they're actually from dimensionals. Did you not actually know that, Alex? Because, wow. Again, no. egg on your face again. What an idiot you mm. are for not knowing that the alien-like <laughs> no. creatures that we saw on the screen and that incredible incredible display indie 4 i mean man alive do you know there was almost a piece where i guess like they'd sunk so much cost but someone high up has got to kind of go are we really doing this are we really going to release some of this shit it is mad do you know what though there's one there's one bit in it Mm. that everyone complains about there are several things that people complain about one the fact that it was aliens Mm -hmm. two shia labeouf Mm -hmm. just as a legendary superstar being in there sure. yeah absolutely and then the third thing was a uh, nuke fridge oh the nuke fridge yeah the nuke fridge nuke sequence fridge. can i can i hold my yeah. hands up i actually quite i didn't i did not mind it at all i thought it was i thought it was I very i thought it was I very thought, indie. i actually thought that was very yeah, me, indie, too. me too I, I love the bit where he where he whipped uh swung and then he and then he missed it and he was like, damn, I thought that was closer. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, that that's good. You're quite good Ford at that, Harrison Ford. Thing. You are. You practice it enough. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. That's you pricked nice. that up at the convention, didn't you? The Harrison Ford convention. Just did, a yeah. load of old grumpy he gave, guys he gave me smoking hat. pot, just telling folk it used to be better in my day. Just crashing. Yeah, you smoke. went as the crash plane, didn't you? Just like yeah, smoking. <laughs> Smoking pot, <laughs> crashing planes, often at the same time. Just making like casual racist comments and stuff like this, telling folk how much you don't care about. There's Star casting Wars. news as well. There is casting news. 
because Boyd Holbrook from Logan, so he was the villain in Lo- in Logan, has been cast alongside Harrison Ford. Was he the one with the bionic arm? He was the one with the bionic arm, and I'm really excited. James Mangold as well, but I, but Boyd Holbrook is the one that I'm most excited for because he probably could be a villain, or is he going to be young indie kind of looking person, maybe oh, sort of thing? But I mean, what so you just said something very interesting. Are you actually are you more excited about Boyd Holbrook being in here as opposed to James Mangold like directing this thing? I yes, because because I think one of those roles is more important for it being a good movie or not. No, well, of course, of, of course, of course. But I I must admit. I am probably Logan's biggest fan. I just thought it was such a, a such a tight movie. And the worst part of that movie, in my opinion, was Boyd Holbrook. But as I keep watching it, it slowly gets better. I thought he was very good right, in that okay. role. So I, that's why I'm quite excited to, to see it. Yeah, it's, it's great. No, you're, you're right, though. The James Mangle piece. I mean, that's that kind of shows you that there's almost... Yeah. We're, we're on the right tracks here, aren't we? Definitely. I, I, I think... I think James Mangold is amazing, but in the case of Indiana Jones, as as long as it doesn't have George Lucas or Steven Spielberg attached, because I just think they're they're just they they just do what they want mm. off their heads. Yeah, and yeah. Well, we'll see. And it feels sac- it feels sacrilegious to even suggest that because they are vision they are a visionary artists like they just are. But yeah. I mean, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> was it? I mean, it, it just wasn't. Well, speaking of sacrilegious to suggest that. Um, I've I've got a little bit of news here. I don't know how much of this is interesting. Dave Bautista has been making a lot of noise. I mean, I I think he's making a lot of noise. I don't think he wants to do Drax anymore. I think Guardians 3 is going to be his last. Um, He's also saying he turned down Fast and Furious because he wanted to pitch a Gears of War movie. I mean... Dave Bautista, he's got the bills he doesn't does he? and I, he does look like he's one of those guys from that action figure i've got a lot of time for dave batista i, I think he kind so of I. lives in like the rock shadow or john cena shadow is that kind of conversion of ex-professional wrestler but i actually think he's genuinely very very funny and genuinely like i've never particularly found the i mean the rock is great he does that role but i think actually dave batista is actually a pretty versatile actor um yeah I think i'm he, looking forward to seeing um him in army of the dead yes well i was gonna bring on to that one which is army of the dead's obviously is that oh, dropped on. this weekend it's, it's today isn't it that yeah it comes out. yeah 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 on netflix are we gonna do that next week or are we committing to the the thing that we laid down. Oh, the, that's the King Kong next week. No, it's, is it? Oh. Yeah, Kong Skull Island. Oh, no, that one's not too bad. It's the second oh, Godzilla. Oh, no, that one's nice. That's, I like that that's one. quite good. Yeah. It's, it's got Sammy J. It does. And a lot of credence from memory. It's a little bit of ba- I remember the trailer had a lot of Bad Moon Rising from it. A little teaser, a little sting for the next Maybe. week. There, you can have that. <laughs> yeah, is that all we have bad. to say on Dave Bautista? I guess the Army of the Dead coming your way, Gears of Absolutely. War movie coming 2030. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's one little piece on Army of the Dead. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I know that I'm. I know that I'm going to come out of it going, nah, zombie movie. <laughs> Are we going to go and see it at the cinema? Yeah, we could do. Yeah. Well, well, I'll take you to see Spiral though. I'll be like that. Two tickets. Oh, I'm not going be like that. Uh, be I, like told that. You, I told you. Two tickets for Army of the Dead, and I'll be like that, and I'll wink at the guy behind the concierge. He's like that. And he's like, and when two of us know, and you're behind there, and you're just like bumbling away on your phone doing something. And I'm like, again, I'm like, thank you for the tickets to Army of the Dead. And he's like that, right? No problem. Your showing is in screen four on the tickets that said screen two. And I'm like that. Oh, oh 
and then we walk we walk in the street brilliant it's a foolproof ca- it's a foolproof wait that wouldn't catalog. work that wouldn't no, work no, no. he's got to say no 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 he's got to say, i've got to yeah on the tickets it says screen two but we both know what's happening i don't i just right, don't okay, show you cool, the ticket cool. and then i sit uh, you down yeah, yeah, yeah i see i just and then we're gonna play i mean as i as i began to say it's a foolproof plan my only question gonna sit on your you, lap no I, that, that was gonna be my question my 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 question was to you how on earth are you going to stop me from getting up and walking I'll just out? sit on you. I will just sit on you. I'll chain your leg to the chair and give you a saw. <laughs> you got to watch this with me. But we are going to go and see it, right? Genuinely. Army of the Dead. No, we're not going to see Army of the Dead. I want to see Spiral. I'm not watching well, Spiral. I'm not, I don't want to go and see Spiral on my own again. Another bloody horror. I don't have to say that again. I went to see the last Saw movie on my own. Um, it was actually really good. I, really, I like going to see movies on my own. Um the other couple of things we have interestingly, um, there's, there's the whole MGM things making noise again, Alex. I kind of just like I don't care about it until something really meaningful happens. Amazon right. is looking to try and buy it for nine billion. Now, if you remember, uh, a couple of months ago, it was valued at five billion. So yeah. trying to buy I it for nine, I do. How's the value gone up? That's what I want. Well, it's obviously not time to die. That four billion pound property—that's <laughs> the reason. Some executives have obviously had a sneak the peek. The movie that that movie that was finished like two years ago. Do you think there was an auction? Do you think some sort of like bidding, like silent auctions taken? Well, not so silent auctions taken place. A loud auction. Do you think a loud auctions happened? No. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. What what's the end game with this? I get all the Bond movies on Amazon. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, that, those that. stellar properties that have aged like fine wines. <laughs> there Absolutely. you go. Do you know? But there's you, another. But there's would. another line in the sand no, one that nobody cares I, about. Do you know? But actually, like that, it's bonkers. Someone has done the numbers. Like Amazon will have run the numbers. They will know in the rough estimates of how many people would uh, would sign up for Amazon Prime if they kind of made a bold statement and said, "Yo, you know that Bond box set that your your uncle, your weird uncle that used to put your hand on his knee has." in his in his garage well you don't need that box set anymore we've got it all on our online streaming platform so here you can come and watch it um oh my days remember we used to you know what, talk you, about you know what's confusing me you know what's confusing me the fact that amazon Capitalism. can spend oh nine billion nine billion dollars mm-hmm. on on mgm a movie studio and then at the same time build jeff bezos a boat for 1.2 billion oh they managed to do that did they they got him uh they got my nice big did it did it did it is that rubber dub dub sort of tub sort of thing i don't know captain pugwash what would you want in a yacht are you are you looking at it right now no what would you want in a yacht if it had a price tag of 1.2 billion dollars maybe a smaller yacht inside of it so i can go in little mini breaks when i've taken jeez i don't know no, but that's not. It's got to be able to go to space at least, minimum space. You got to be yeah, able to uh, at least go you there. Know that, you know that thing's got hydrofoils. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. That'd be awesome. I don't know, like a moon door, a Bond villain lair, some sort oh, of. Yeah. It's got to come with a henchman, surely. It's got to, the the henchman comes with the boat. Brilliant. You got to be able to play play it's cards all, on the back. You've of it. cracked it. It's all part of the marketing. That's it's the Bond it. Marketing. The 1.2 billion of the yacht is actually part of that's the 9 it. billion. That's it. There you deal. go. Excellent. Oh, that's it. There you go. That's the reason. And he's going to film the next one and he's going to be his big baldy head's going to be turned around in the chair cuz Jeff Bezos is Blofeld. <gasps> Even oh, his initials my is days. Ernst Stavro Blofeld, Jeff Bezos. Yes. It's the same initials. 
Oh my god, the hot <laughs> takes are, are flowing Speaking at the end of this very long Right, well, well, I've just got something really interesting that I want to talk about at the end here before we wrap up because it's probably the most interesting thing that's happened as far as I'm concerned. Because everyone right. knows one of the best trailers that's ever been released, and I'm genuinely serious, I think DC trailers have a track record of being incredible. Um, I mean, obviously, personal big fan of the Suicide Squad trailer, which is which is by far you know one of the best sort of trailers going around. But the Batman trailer, how good is the Batman trailer? I mean, I have oh, it's cracking. I have watched that trailer. So, I mean, just even just something in the way by Nirvana, that music choice to that theme, it's just amazing. It's so yeah, good, yeah, yeah. and and so I, I never hype. thought I could get as hype about it. Anyway, there's been some promotional artworks that have been released. And one of them has a sneak preview of uh, Paul Dano's interpretation of the Riddler. Now, this is really interesting because he looks, you know, because the way that it's it's like a duct tape mask, it's totally different from your kind of Edward Nigma style costume. I'm genuinely so interested to see him i can't it, wait it's, it's styled like the zodiac killer that's exactly what it is that's yeah i've seen yeah. that somewhere you're bang on it's exactly what it is you know what's really hilarious to me though just like to really make this quick it i've seen a lot of comments about this yeah and it and a lot of them say repo man no 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 a lot of them say oh it does it like repo man as well it, it looks really it looks really stupid it's really clear that they're trying to go zodiac killer these are a few comments I've actually read. Yep. It's really clear they're trying to go Zodiac Killer, but it just looks really, really stupid. And I'm sitting here going... The most famous I, cryptic I, killer who's ever been alive. No, but like the cost, but like the costume... No, no, really, no, I know, but like it, that's, a good, really that's a good thing to but, model yourself after is no, what no, I'm no, saying. No, no, it really is, and I really, I really like that for the movie. But it I'm doesn't sound like you do. These, Look at you. I'm trying to convince I'm, you. I'm laughing at all these comments saying all these things, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there racking my brain through all the visual descriptions of the Joker in any comic or yeah. property whatsoever. I've gone, and they're not stupid looks? Yeah, exactly, yeah. What are you yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What we we know nothing. The Batman villains are characteristically ridiculous looking. I can't, what are you talking oh, about? I just can't wait. I don't know what, what... I think I'm just so... They've just... Every time they've nailed it. I mean, you know me, right? My the my most favourite part of any comic book, any comic book TV series, any comic book film, any game, and any superhero stuff is the Batman villains. The Batman villains yeah, are chef's kiss. And the Riddler is up there as one of my most favourites, um, mainly because of the games. I always thought it was pretty cool. But my God, I love Paul Dano. I mean, yeah. There Will Be Blood. The game one pisses me off. There Will, <laughs> there, there will Be Blood is just his performance in that. Oh, And and you like Swiss Army Man as well, because he's brilliant in that too with, oh, with yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, cannot, I, I cannot wait for this. Um, but anyway, mate, what do they have to do now? Well, tell you what they have to do. They've got to go on to the Apple Podcast app, find us on there, give us a cheeky little five-star rating, and mm. perchance a review. If you don't want to leave us a review, you can tell us your favorite movie, your favorite soundtrack, mm. all the usual things. 
can find us on lots of other platforms where you like listening to your podcast. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. If you want to get in touch more directly with us, we've got an email address as well. That is motionspod at gmail.com. And we're also on Instagram where you can join some of our fun discussions. We're putting up clips of the show. We're going to put up some intros. We're going to put up some fun conversation starters. So feel free to join us there. And that is all thanks to the wonderful artwork by KTC Graphics Designs. Now, there's a promo yeah. code, of course, for that, isn't there, Alex? Yeah, don't forget to go to her Etsy store for your movie print needs and enter the code MotionsPod20 at checkout for 20% off. Fantastic. And, of course, next week we're returning to you with Kong Skull Island, Peter Jackson classic from 2005. Yeah, absolutely. Are you all right with that? That's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah very, good. very good. But until then, thank you very much for listening. I will speak to you again next week. Until then, Bye now. All right, guys. Ta-ta.